came in a little bit late. Just so good to see you folks. Um, yeah, just give them a Christian Revival Center welcome right now. Hallelujah. Welcome in the house. And I, I, I will say something about Connie, and, and by the way, and their kids are here too, but uh, they, they own a business that I need to just say a word about. I told them to bring some of those, those uh, farm eggs that they have. They sell those. That's what they do. And I told them to bring them here. Two or three or four of you have already said if they'll, they'll bring them, you'll buy them. And so they didn't this time, but maybe next time, next week, or whenever they come back. Uh, I've, already, I, I've already tried them. They're just really good. They, you know, some of them are brown, and you don't hardly get them in the store, but these are really, really good. And so, so if they'll bring them, I feel, how many might would buy some of those? See, here's some hands. Here we go. Hallelujah. And so, uh, Connie and, and Bobby, great having you. So it don't hurt to make a little money at the church. He, it's the stuff people's going to buy anyway. And so just uh, bring them on, ever how you want to bring them, and we'll see how many we can sell. Praise God. You know, this is not my message right here, but you know Habakkuk, while you're still standing, I promise you I won't keep you standing very long, but there's a favorite scripture of mine when it comes to praise and worship, and we do that, especially since God said that he inhabits the praises of his people. In other words, that's where he lives. That's his residence. That's his address. I think everybody should be interested in that. Where's God? What, how to word out? You know, learn how to praise. Well, Habakkuk had something. He was one of the little, you know, minor prophets. He, he said, Habakkuk 3.17, he said, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall the fruit be in the vine, the labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. In other words, things, we're, we're in a depression here, you saying. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stall. Now, that's the 17th verse. Now, he just, he just named a bunch of stuff that was going wrong. Things that just wasn't lining up. Things just wasn't right. And I think probably we can relate to this because nobody has it all together. We always need a little bit more money. We didn't quite get enough of this or that. and just So that's he can relate to us. But I don't know if we can relate to this next. I really hope we could relate to the next verse, verse 18, after he told you how bad things were. Amen. In verse 18, he said, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the Lord of my salvation. In other words... He just made a proclamation to the whole world. Now, if things are going good, that's wonderful and we'll rejoice. But if things don't go good, I'm going to just go to the house of the Lord and do like David. I'm going to say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'll enter into his gates with thanksgiving and onto his courts with praise. Because what we have or don't have has nothing to do with my praise to him, my creator, my maker, my best friend. That's what we as the church, we have to settle that because we're living in a time where, you know, it's a name it and claim it and blab it and grab it and whatever else you want to say just to, to, to make sure that if, if the Lord blesses me, you know, then I'll just praise him. You know, I think it was Brother Tenney. That, that said, you know, that lame man that Peter and, and John met on the outside of the temple at the gate, beautiful, and, and 
God healed the man, and he went leaping into the house of the Lord. And, and, and somebody said, well, if I got healed that way, I'd probably leap too. Why don't we leap because we don't have to be healed? Why don't we leap because we're not sick and we're not afflicted and we don't have the problems that some folks have and we're not in prison and we're not in the hospital. Hallelujah. 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 Just, just threw that in. Just threw that in for good measure. Don't know if it'll help anybody or not. But hey, is the lights better? Alan, see? Pray, just ignore the devil. That's what happens sometimes. He does better. Amen. Genesis chapter 1. I've been all over this, preach back and forth. Don't turn me off because you've heard it before. Amen. Might say something that, that might be a benefit to somebody. Genesis 1, chapter 1, the book of beginnings, verse number 2. Hallelujah. All this is off. I said turn everything off, didn't I? Okay, so... Thank you for your spirit of obedience and submission. All right, you just have to trust me if you don't have a Bible because it normally comes right up here. Genesis 1 and 2. Everybody say amen. amen. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Y'all familiar with this? All right, and here's the next part. This is a good part. And the spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. And the Spirit moved upon the face of the waters. Like just preach a little bit. My title would simply be the work of the Spirit. The work of the Spirit. Look over at somebody, smile at them. Amen. It improves your face value. Hallelujah. Bless you. Bless you. Amen. Shake a hand or two and you may be seated. God bless you. Amen. Listen, I know this is Old Testament, and immediately we're wondering, how does this relate to me? How is it relevant to my situation? Listen, the Spirit of the Lord. The Bible said God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it doesn't matter if it's about as far back as you can get in the Old Testament or not. Amen. When it comes to the Spirit of the Lord. Now, we're going to deal with some New Testament stuff. Same Spirit, okay? But, But I think before we get done, we can relate how... It can and will help and bless every single one of us. We ought to be interested in the work of the Spirit. You know, because we're all human, we're all carnal, uh, we're unlike God in so many ways. We are like Him in a lot of ways, but then we're apart and separated. That's why, that's why Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again, all right? He never said, oh, by the way, it'd be nice if you got... He said, you must be born again. How? And he explains how. Of the water. That's baptism, by the way. Listen, we, we, can, we can work really hard to work around that and discount baptism. I know that baptism doesn't save you. I understand that. Amen. Neither does repentance. Amen. But, but it's a part. Baptism is a part of God's plan of salvation. The plan of salvation simply means how we get saved. Now, listen, I, I want more than just religion. I, I want more than just spirituality. I want salvation. I don't know about you. When, when, I, when I breathe my last breath, when I kick the bucket, 
I'm going to go to meet God or when the rapture takes place. I want this to be taken. This is something I can't play around with. This is something I can't just take somebody else's word for. All right? And I hope you don't even take my word. I hope that what I do is trigger our thinking and our spirit and say, you know what? I'm going to look for myself. Amen. Something spiritual has to take place. And God has made a way for that and, get, and given us a plan, a roadmap. Amen. And he's crossed every T and dotted every I. It can be understood. It's not a mystery. Hallelujah. The moving of the spirit will make the difference. Amen. It goes beyond religion. It goes beyond just believing. We talked about it yesterday, Brother Johnson. Nowhere in the Bible. Listen, we got to be careful of these cool, classy speakers that do well and look good, that, that, that quote scriptures that are really not in there, all right? Or they have phrases like, accept the Lord as your personal Savior. I, I, that sounds good, and basically there's nothing wrong with that. But that's not biblical. No place in the Bible. Jesus, no prophet, no disciple ever faced somebody that was hungry and said, hey, just accept Christ as your personal Savior. It's a good-sounding phrase, but it's not scriptural. Amen. we got to build our house on the rock, folks, because the wind's blowing and the storm's coming. False doctrine is coming. It's here. Amen. So we need to get this part right. Amen. Hallelujah. So the Spirit is something we have to, we have to get what God is trying to get across to us. This is why we as Christians, we must insist on a spiritual move of God, that born again, amen. Baptism, the water, is a part. It's a part of God's plans. Listen, when things look, look bad, when things look hopeless, amen, just hold on to your faith and pray for a spiritual encounter with God. What are you talking about? I'm talking about a spiritual God who has promised to do something supernatural for us. Now, now, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not going to go around spooking everybody and talking about the spirit. And the, No, but there's something we can't leave out here. I, I, I'm not looking for a devil behind every bush, and, and I don't want to say, ooh, that's the spirit. Of the, I don't want to. I've seen people, and you have too, that's just, it's just scared of, it's just spiritual, everything. I, I know that we're human. All right? And, and we're just going to be, that's what we are. But there is a spiritual part that God's trying to get across to us that we need to get. Amen. Our text makes the, the old earth look bad. If you read that text, it was darkness and all the, you know, without form and void and, and, the, and the whole deal. Amen. Just, just a bad thing here. See if we can get a type here. All right? Because the Bible, Paul, I believe, talked about the Old Testament stories being types and shadows of things to come. In other words, Everything that happens in the Old Testament is symbolic of something that's, that's coming, that's already happened or that's even happening right now. There was nothing of value. It's what that basically means when he said the earth was without form and it was void. No, the void means empty, all right? Amen. Nothing of value. I, I mean, or, or it so appeared. The earth offered nothing in the way of hope or so it appeared. Right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I mean, who would want a dark, ugly place? You know? Now, this was before the Spirit moved. I'm jumping ahead. 
I'm telling the answers before I get there. It was cold and lifeless and dark. You know what? I'm kind of already seeing that kind of sounds like us. Before we met Jesus. Before we bowed our knee at a Holy Ghost altar and said, God, I'm sorry for my sins. Not much. Don't amount to anything. Not worth much. Void, empty, dark. That's what that's a type of. Amen. But the Spirit. Amen. When the Spirit moved, things began to... I'm, I'm jumping ahead. I'm messing up a good sermon. Amen. But, but, but when the Spirit begins to move, something takes place. Amen. It goes beyond what's visible. Amen. This doesn't work on the outside. It goes all the way down in here. And it starts working from the inside out. That's what the Spirit does. Hallelujah. You know, you know I've got an old, uh, I, I, my southern roots, I guess, Brother Green. We, we all the way back. When I was a kid, I remember sharecroppers were still, just, they were going out and farm, big farm equipment in, in north Louisiana. Literally not just acres, but actually miles of cotton fields and bean fields. And so, but, but there was a time when they had little shacks, little houses along the fields, and they had, they had what we call sharecroppers. They had people would work for a place to live, and a little bit of money, didn't get much, but, but it was a living. But I remember as a kid going back in the fields, and I remember whether you'd be just playing or hunting or fishing or whatever you're doing, you're making your way back, and there would be an old house place you could always tell. Because there was an old pitcher pump, the old pump, and you know, they had a mouth like a, like a pitcher. And, you know, it was, a, it was a well you could get. If you could get it primed, you could get you a good cool drink of water. There, were, there was a few trees, and normally people didn't just plant a tree just to have a pretty tree. It's kind of, that's where my dad, who came through the Depression, he, would, uh, he wouldn't let anything live around the house that didn't produce something. A dog had to chase a rabbit or it had to be a cow dog or he had to be, he didn't just bark. Just because he barked, that didn't mean we were going to feed him, you know. And trees were the same thing. A tree had to produce something. So at that old house place, you know what you'd find? You'd find plum trees, peach trees. And you know what else? You'd find an old fig tree. Now, that's a southern thing, and I know this is kind of considered southern. It's below the Mason-Dixon line, but, but it's too cold for fig trees pretty much. Maybe there's, a, maybe there's a, a species of figs that does grow, but the one I bought, they said, oh, yeah, it'll grow. But, but the first year, Brother Johnson, I put that thing out. I'm just trying to say, look at that. I'm going to have to be a fig tree, and I love figs. Good old fig. And so I can just go pick them off the, off the tree. And, and, you know, the... Uh, that first winter, that first winter, it killed it just dead as a hammer. I mean, that cold weather, you know, so I'm like, well, you know, I guess, you know, it's just too cold up here. But you know what it did, though, Sister Carol? The next spring, the next summer, I'd see it coming back up again. It's growing up again. And then it went about three years or so that the weather, winters wasn't that really bad. This thing got about, it got on up big and I'd go out and I'd be mowing grass and I'd just stop the lawnmower and I'd reach up and get me some figs. Nobody's looking. I'd be getting my figs. But you know last winter was bad. It just got cold and then it got colder and then it stayed cold. 
Then it snowed on top of all that. And y'all know how it was. Well, it killed the fig tree back here. And I'm thinking, you know what? It got it this time. It was just bad. And so no more fig tree. But do you know something? That fig tree is about this big right now. It came out in the spring, and it's growing. What are you talking? What are you getting at? You know what? It, it just seems like we can't kill that fig tree. It may, it may belong somewhere else. It may grow better somewhere else. But you know what? It's just determined. There's something inside of the DNA. It's just part of that. That thing's just going to come up anyway. You can just freeze me back if you want. You can just get cold if you want. It's almost like there's something spiritual about it. Something on the inside. Something's been put in that thing. And you can just kill it out or cut it down if you want, but it just comes right on. That's what happens if we understand what the Spirit, the infilling of the Spirit, or the work of the Spirit will do in a, in a person's life. Because we're looking at people right now. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to testify and tell us how bad things are going. I just simply know I've lived in this life long enough to understand that probably we wouldn't get out of this, sir. We wouldn't have time, amen, to, to get out of here for all the sad, bad, horrible, ugly stories, amen. But you know what? We're here. We just keep coming back. What happened? God put something in us. It's a hunger. It's a thirst. It's a longing. It's a searching. That's why there's so many religions. People are just looking. And they just, you know what? I get to thinking, man, we're crazy and we're wild. And, you know, we just wild and woolly sometimes. And I think, man, you know, we need to tone it down. Tone it down. You know what? In the, it, listen. Compared to people who strap bombs to themselves. That's what religion does. And, and, blow other, and blow themselves up along with other folks. People give up their own children. Under, uh, listen, no, no, no. We don't, we're nothing compared to those people. If you want to compare how tough and how strong and how crazy we are and off the deep, uh-uh. We don't compare. So you know what? We need to do like David when his wife had looked out the window bringing that ark back. He was so excited about God. What was it? Every six paces? Every six paces. They bring in that ark which represents the power of God. The enemy had it. Or somebody had it. They, they, they didn't belong there but they got the blessing. That's what's, that's what's going to happen. Amen. And they were brought that thing in and one, two, three, four, Five, six, hold, stop right here. Let's kill a few oxen. Let's build the altar. Let's, let's, let's burn these things up for God. Six more paces. And, and, and while they were doing that, David got so excited and so carried away about the power and the presence of God that he got to dancing before the Lord. It's amazing how the scripture is so full of praise him in the, when you clap your hands with a praise and lift your hands in praise and praise him in the dance and praise him on the high sounding cymbals. Y'all sound good. Y'all look good in there too. I saw, you, I, I saw you just praising God and hitting the drums with your eyes closed. I saw him. He was just praising. I'm like, that's good. Praise him on the drums. Brack can just play on the keyboards and play on the stringed instruments, and he looked good doing that too. 
Don't look bad. Amen. David, we, 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 and then people can just come to church and do maybe lift one hand, maybe not, and call that praise. We have examples, not only examples, but we have word after word after word after word. Y'all know my little story. I tell, it, I, I tell it quite a bit. I read it years ago. Never, one of those things I never forgot, never forgot. One of our papers, one of our people, when the Bible says leap for joy, there was a guy trying to explain it away. Well, what this really means, the word leap, you know how they do. Go into Hebrew and into Greek. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm not even reading the rest of this. It means just what it said. It, mean, it meant leap. Leap for joy. You know what? In my, in my brain, I know I'm not very smart, but in my brain, across that paper, you know, I had, it wasn't really there, but I could see just one big word written across it in red. P-R-I-D-E. It just simply said leap for joy. <laughs> How hard is that? That'll get the spirit moving. That'll push pride out of the way. That is the problem. Y'all know every sin, every sin is traced back to that one sin, pride. Do you know that? Every sin has its roots in pride. So if you don't clap, you don't praise, you don't shout, you don't dance, you don't run, you don't get loud. You, you can trace it right back. To, well, I don't, well, I don't know. I, I'm serious. You know, I just have a deep move. You know, somebody mentioned the church one time was shallow that shouted. Uh-uh. A shallow shout. No, because we get real deep and we get in the word. Well, let me tell you what the word said. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout with the voice of triumph. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, that's what David was doing. That's what David was doing. A demonstration of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, here's, here's the deal. If I, I, I'm going way off track here because I'm still talking about the moving of the Spirit. The Spirit moved on the earth. Amen. But he, he, listen, you know what this shouting and this praising is all about? I hate to, I hate to pop your bubble. I, I hate to dis, disappoint you in, in all your intellectual, you know, theology and how you, you've already studied all this out. Listen. People are emotional. We all are. I said we are emotional people. We, we weep, you know, when we're sad and we laugh when we're happy. And some are a little more emotional than others. I'm, I'm aware of that. That's about all it is about emotions. We get excited. We get happy. We get beside ourselves sometimes. Over what? Over things that we really think are important. Things that are have listen. If you think religion is just something you took care of one time, and well, I, well, I did that, and we just why don't you just go fill your tank up with gasoline, you know, like today, and then don't worry about it no more. Well, oh, I oh I put gasoline in my car last month, and you keep on driving and see how far you get. You know, we're smart enough to know that we have to fuel up again. If we drive, if we use that vehicle, 
We have to put more gasoline in there. Spiritually speaking, you don't just get one little touch from God and two goosebumps. Ooh, I felt, you know, and, and then be done with it. No, you, that's why God designed church. And Paul had something to say. He said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of which some, some people don't go. He said, but do, you don't forsake that. And he said, much more so as, as you see that they're approaching. Why? Because we need a renewing and we need a refilling and we need more, we need more word and we need more spirit. And so we, we need the spirit to breathe on us. We need the wind of the Holy Ghost. How do you do that? Well, we get here and get to preaching about it, and then we get to singing about it, and then we get to praying about it, and then we worship our way in. Amen. And we, you know why? Because it's, it has value to us. Jesus said, if you don't have my spirit, in so many words, without my spirit, he said, you don't belong to me. So that's, to me, that one scripture makes this very, very important to me. I'm just going to pray until I get a renewing of the Spirit. I'm going to pray till I get another blessing. I'm going I'm to get a good drink of water like Jesus told that woman at the well that had her life so confused and messed up, been married several times, living with a man that wasn't married to him. Well, that should be the end of it for her. She should have no, 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 no. Jesus said, I'll give you water and you'll never thirst again. You know what he was talking about? A spiritual drink of water that every human being in this world is searching for and seeking for. You know, this is kind of like, this is kind of like when you, when you, you, by the time you get hungry, you ain't really hungry, but you know, everybody around the house, you know, you got a night off. And I'm bad about it. I'm really, I confess my faults one to another. <laughs> like, you know, I just want, I want something. My wife, what do you want? I don't know what I want. <laughs> and you ever just go to the refrigerator and just like, I'd see my kids doing that. I'm like, we can't refrigerate the whole house, y'all. Y'all shut the refrigerator, you know. We can't air condition the whole community. That's when they leave the doors open with air on. You close the door. But sometimes you go and look in the refrigerator and you're just like, hmm. You're not hungry. But once in a while, you say, oh, oh, that's, you don't know until you see it. Oh, oh, that's what I want right there. Maybe a bologna sandwich. <laughs> I think that's what happens. This world, Brother Thompson, is looking for something. People's tried religion, spirituality, you know. Had their fortune told. Try yes. everything. Ooh, look at him. Hey, here's one right on the front row here. He, he, he'd been a Buddhist. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we got Jehovah's Witness back here somewhere. I've been asking her questions. Amen. About, uh, about the Jehovah's Witness. You know why she's on time? Let me tell you, I have to tell this, okay? Because I, I, somebody told me that. I said, you know, you know, we have a sweet lady that comes to our church, a bunch of kids. The kids all look good. They all dress nice. She don't just drag us. She dresses them up. You know, in fact, it was Brother Nugent. I was down in Lake Charles. He said, I said, man, she is on, she's early. She's on time. And he said, you know why she's on time? I said, well, that's just her character, her person. He said, no, because in Jehovah's Witnesses, they locked the door. If you're not there on time. If you're not here, whoop, lock the door. She did tell me, though, I asked her about it. She did tell me, Sister Kyra, she said, she said, well, they've liberalized just a little bit. She said, they don't do that anymore, at least the church. She went, they didn't do that. But they have, 
deacons or elders at the door, and she said, they'll let you in, but they just look at you real mean. That means you need to be, if this, is, if this place is in, has any value to you, you need to get on up. Hallelujah. Get to God's house. But, but I'm off. But, but we've got folks who tried, looked at. That's okay. You stood there and looked. You ought to. But when they, when they get to where the spirit is moving, I know, I know there's preachers that can preach better than me. There's, there, there's, listen, there's churches who have better programs than we have. I understand that, and we're working on that, and we're trying to get better. Oh, do you have this? I have people asking me about program. I have no idea what they are, but let me tell you something. I do know how to make a connection with God Almighty. I do know how to move in the Spirit, and when folks walk in, amen, there's folks who say, and, and it happens all the time. It happens all the time. Ooh, this is what I've been looking for. A play, you, know, you know where there's liberty here? The Bible said where the Spirit of the Lord is. You ever been a place that was so quiet and so, you know, that you didn't want to breathe very deep because you're afraid you might, somebody might hear you? There's no way you're going to clap your hands. You'd have two big deacons. You could, they could be floor bouncers. Haul you out. Oh, you got to calm down here. You can't get carried away. Somebody, in fact, your wife. I don't know why I'm going off. Y'all forgive me. I'm off my notes. Was going up to some big church. It's just right up the road here. <laughs> It's okay, I'm bless them. But she said, I want to come back here. She said, all right. So I was, absolutely. You know, so I, I asked Debbie, I said, how's the church? She said, oh, it's just great. She said, the music's great, the preaching's good, all of it's good. I said, well, we're good. I said, well, what do you want to come to a little old church like this for? She said, because they don't let you go to the altar up there. What? Don't let you go to the altar. They don't have altar call. How can you have church? I'm old-fashioned. I understand. I'm, I'm, how can you? And I'm not, I'm not slinging mud, folks, because when you sling mud, you lose ground. Okay, I'm just trying to make a point. Amen. You know, we didn't bring everybody to the altar. That's kind of an oddity right here. But, but you know, but, but anybody that wanted to come, we could and we'd have prayed with you a while. And we're going to open the altar up here in just a, just a minute or two, and, and, and we can all come to the altar. You know, you know what that is? Let me just, let me, I, I may be missing it 100 miles. I don't think I am. But, but you get a crowd of folks around an altar praising and shouting, guess what happened? It can get out of control. And folks who are leading, they, oh, we don't want to let that. Yeah, they got going. They're making too much noise. Listen, that's exactly what we need. We, we have been in control. That's, that's why we're in the mess that we're in. We've had our hand on it so long that God can't even get his hand on it. And so what we need to do is worship and clap and praise and shout. Amen. And do it for him, not for a show. That's why, we never, that's why we've never put praise dancers up here. Just do, no, no, no. We're not in this for a show. We're in this to give honor to him. That, that's why when somebody gets to praise it, it's all right. I know that somebody breaks out every once in a while and somebody has to get it started, and that's okay. But, but when we, I've always been taught, if the attention, if, if, if I'm drawing the attention, it's wrong. What are you talking about? Listen, we're here to give him, when I point, I mean to Jesus, to God. Our praise should be directed toward him. 
Not because somebody knows how to step right and move right and look right. No, no, no. The, it ought to be directed toward Jesus. And when folks come in here, and I don't know where people's heart is. I don't know what, I don't know what the kind of indoctrination we've all had. Amen. I just have a few testimonies. But when folks walk in here and they feel the genuine presence of the Lord that's been prayed down or worshipped up whatever you want to say amen but the presence of the Lord touches that heart there's folks who recognize it as something that they need and want and hunger for and that's what church is all about amen you get an experience with God by connecting up in a praise and worship amen we're still praising right now while I'm preaching that's a good thing that's a good way to be interrupted with praises. My goodness. Amen. This old earth, just for, just for a moment or two, I just got a couple of good things. But then, we, in fact, we're going to get ready. Brother Bryant or Sister Melissa, one of y'all, you have to get up here and make me sound spiritual a little bit more with some music. Amen. Amen. But this old world was cold and lifeless and dark. That's what the scripture says. Hallelujah. Was there anything worth anything in this cold, dark ball of muddy water? Best description I can put on it. Just ugly, dark, lifeless. It, it, it looked like there was no potential. It looked like a waste. Again, this is a type of of the human life. I see it all the time. And, and you know what? The enemy has not only made us this way, but he's convinced us to believe that. Man, I'm just, I'm a nobody. I'm worthless. I am empty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just a waste. You know, back in history, Secretary of State Seward, y'all remember this. He served under President Abraham Lincoln. Amen. Remember what he did? He purchased Alaska. He bought Alaska in the year 1800. He paid $7,200,000. He bought, he bought it from Russia. You know what it was known as in our, in our history books? Seward's Folly. You know why it just looked like a chunk of ice? That thing is, listen, Mr. Seward, what in the world were you thinking? Hallelujah. You bought a wasteland. You got took by Russia. Named it Seward's Folly. It's a laughable matter. It's crazy. But you know what happened? Amen. Finally, somebody discovered gold in Alaska they hid oil down underneath the surface down there there was every kind of mineral and every kind of thing that was valuable in Alaska but it was it was beyond human comprehension a piece of ice it's a frozen piece of ground that you can't even see hallelujah hallelujah he wasted $7,200,000 on that place. Amen. But they discovered a lot of 
valuable things in that place. Hallelujah. There was a wealth, amen, great value in that place. You know that many gold mines have been given up on? You know, the old miner, he hacked away and chipped away. And, but you know, that gold is, it's underneath tons of rock and dirt. And so it's easy. Well, you know, just give up. You know, just that later on, there's in our history books, they just quit on it. But later on, somebody went back. In fact, there's one famous, I think it's in California, one famous gold miner. I can't remember the name of it right now. But the gold miner gave up. Somebody bought the thing. He worked and worked and worked and worked. And somebody bought it and went in and the old pick, axes were still hanging, the old lanterns were still there, the old tools that they work with. But they, they tell me that six inches deeper in that tunnel, the, the man was only six inches away from one of the richest strikes in history. He just, would it, would it be horrible if we come to church and paid our tithes and clapped our hands and helped pay for the building and helped pay for the property and bought more property and you know we were just faithful and loyal you know we just finally we got tired like you know what I just, it just God is not working quick enough and you know you said you know you're just going to bless he, well let me tell you something if he said it he will but remember God doesn't go by your calendar What, what if we just give up? What if we just slack up and stop worshiping and stop being faithful and, and stop giving and stop helping and, and stop praying? And, and what if we just, you know what? It's just, an, yes, there's an easier way. I, I do want to just lay out and lay in on, on Sundays sometimes. Especially after yesterday, I worked yesterday. <laughs> I was sweating like a redneck trying to write. And so this morning when I do that, and I used to just preach three or four times a day. Carol, you remember that. We just preach and go and preach somewhere else and then go somewhere else and preach and then go back and, you know, whatever we want to do. But now I can preach. And then this morning I was like, man, I felt like I'd been hauling hay or working in the coal mine or something. Uh, it'd have been easy, but here I am. Hallelujah. Praise God. What if we just decided just say, you know what, I'm tired. I feel bad. But we're only just one more praise. One more good service. We're just this close to a Holy Ghost breakthrough, to a miracle, to something we've been believing God for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I don't want that to happen. I don't want it to happen. I don't want it to happen to me, and I don't want it to happen to you. Amen. I want the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Just like He did on this old earth. Amen. To just breathe. Hallelujah. Amen. It's like a wind blowing, moving of the Spirit. Incidentally, there's a lot of confusion about salvation. Everything is we talked about accepting Christ. You know, your personal Savior. Join the church of your choice. That's not in the Bible either, by the way. 
And I'll tell you what is in the Bible. If you want to read it. Amen. On the day of Pentecost, y'all know I'm going there. Y'all know where I'm going. Do you know the day of Pentecost was the birthday of the church? I talked to a denominational preacher, and he said, no, it's, I made that same. He said, no, it's not. Hey, hey he's working on, he, he, he's witnessing, testifying to the, he, you might can tell your folks that, and they might believe that. You're talking to the wrong guy. I, I, my wife gets on to me about this, but I, I said, you know, I make the statement, something. you don't want to get in a biblical argument with me because, listen, listen, I argue the Bible. I do that for a living. You're probably going to lose. But he just gets, you know, no, it wasn't the birthday of the church. I said, sir, you need to go back and read your history. In fact, just read the Bible. Jesus' whole life. I'm going to give you this lesson. Let's all stand together. Amen. Getting ready to close. This is good. Somebody needs this. It's maybe old for some of you, but somebody needs this here. First four books of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, or New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're the first, first four books. You know that they, I don't know if they should have been, but they could have been, and they might have should have been in the Old Testament instead of the New Testament. Why? Let me tell you why. Because they were still offering up sacrifices in the temple. They were still killing the lambs. They were still obeying 